welcome to Let's Talk Diz, a show that gives you everything you need to know to help make your Disney vacation as magical as can be in just about 20 minutes. I'm your host, Jeff Coviello. With me each week is Disney Master Sandy from Easy Diz by Instant Impressions Travel Services. Sandy, how are you doing this week? I am fresh off the plane once again from Orlando, Florida. Couldn't be better. Well, it's a really fun time of year for Walt Disney World fans, as everybody that pays attention to the festival schedule knows. We are opening up the Food and Wine Festival. It officially opened on July 27th, and you were there to experience it. And today, we are going to talk about it. Food and Wine Festival is actually celebrating its 27th year. It used to be a super short festival. Its very first year, it didn't start until September 28th. And they've gradually added some earlier days and earlier days and earlier days. And somehow we went from almost October to the end of July, almost August. So 115 days to eat, drink, and take in concerts. That's a lot of time. (laughs) It's a long time, long stretch of time. And it's 115 days for me to keep walking around Epcot saying, I only see food, drink, and concerts. I don't see the festival. Where to go this year? Tell me why you say that. Because because we've we've done a lot of these festival shows for for as long as we've been doing the show, and you and I have been going to these festivals for as long as they've been having them. So why do you say that you 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 know you can't find the festival? So I'm going to bring up that horrible c word that we all try to keep in the rearview mirror. If you listen to our shows during COVID about the festivals, we said that they rebranded the festivals. And instead of being the Epcot Food and Wine Festival or the Festival of the Arts, they were a taste of. Because they wanted to be clear, this wasn't a full festival. They were doing what they could under COVID, and it wasn't the real thing. But it certainly implied The real thing was returning. The word taste of is gone. And frankly, I just didn't see what I was looking for in a festival. And so I want to manage everybody's expectations who's listening to know what's out there. To me, Epcot, we've teased about this. They should just rename it like Festival City or something. (laughs) Right. Because about 300 plus days a year are festival. It is very rare to be in Epcot now when it's not a festival. But you could always very distinctly see what was going on. They all had food booths after they figured out how popular those food booths were. They all have a nightly concert. Different slant, whether you're talking about popular musicians, candlelight processional, Disney on Broadway. But that formula that they all have food that's special, they all have wine, they all have concerts was there. And then each festival has a hallmark item in my mind. When you're doing holidays around the world, besides the candlelight processional, which if you've listened, you know my absolute love for that as their evening concert, they have the Santas around the world that is unique to that festival. In January, when you've got the Festival of the Arts, They've got all the unique art performers, the quick painters, the singers, all those items that you only see at Festival of the Arts. Right. Flowering Garden Festival, they bring out the topiaries galore, and that is 
the signature item for that. For food and wine, it's always been about plussing up that food and wine. Besides the booths, I can't even count because it's been so many. How many alcohol tastings I've been to, culinary tastings I've been to, culinary classes I've taken. Um, one of my favorite, though least successful, because I'm not talented, was I learned how to make a character bento box with rice and seaweed, really taking in the spirit of the festival. And for food and wine, by far the most talked about item has always been the party of the senses. This over-the-top food and wine experience, including the concert, specialty brunches with celebrity chefs offered on the weekends, all these great extra elements that were nowhere to be found this year. Today's show is about managing your expectations because for folks that have done all of those things, and that's a staple of why they make a vacation around this particular festival, there may be some disappointment if they don't know that heading into it. Conversely, there may be people that are going there for this festival just because they love the food and the wine that they can eat around World Showcase, and that's enough for them. So I think you're right. Managing the expectations of what folks can expect on a particular trip during this festival is important, especially because all of those things you just mentioned are not there. So I think I the most important question I can ask you then is tell us what was there. So many food booths. Okay. <laughs> the festival guide will tell you that there's 28 booths. And they started to do this a couple of years ago as well. Again, longest food and wine festival ever. So when they opened on the 27th, they opened 22 of the 28 booths. Hmm. Two more are randomly coming August 15th. Four more are coming September 22nd. We know what they are. We know what their menus are. We can actually even see them placed around not only the World Showcase, but one of the things that we've seen in the last five or six years is that they've added so many booths that they don't even all fit around the World Showcase <laughs> that's, anymore. That's true, yes. <laughs> and so we're seeing it start to kind of spill over into the front of the park. Lots of great choices. There were, there's more stuff than you can imagine. And yes, I am the person that sat there and counted everything. <laughs> Literally 100 food items to choose from, 32 of which were new this year. 97 alcoholic drinks. So we know the alcohol is on the big side there. Sure. Out of that 97, 40 of them are new. They also offered a lot of flights of drinks. Because you might go to one booth and they were doing five beers or three wines or three sangrias. And so I saw a lot of people walking around with the mini trays and the flights. And then just in case you're not a big drinker, there were 19 non-alcoholic options. The fact that there are 32 new items out of 100 food items is exciting to me. I'm hoping that some of my favorites have, st have still remained. Did you have any favorites based on what you experienced? I did. And I will say, you know, I obviously give food reviews a lot. So I'll 
preface it by saying I eat zero seafood, so you won't hear me talk about seafood. I love beef, cheese, and sweets, and there was no shortage of those. <laughs> I also, like any good Disney fan, I tease, only Disney can sell just about anything and get a fan to try it once. So one of the new things for the festival this year was this Muppet Takeover. Uh-huh. And it was an area in the Odyssey. A lot of work went into redoing the art on the walls. And they had about a 40-second video playing on the TV screen. And then they had their own food counter there with some quite interesting, we'll use that terminology, <laughs> um, concoctions. Everything from wings done with peanut butter and jelly. Uh-huh. To the item of the day that I tried, the dill pickle milkshake. <laughs> it's um, like it's like a pregnant person's cravings just put into Epcot right there. <laughs> I'll be honest. It's funny you say that. One of my friends commented on my personal social media and said, oh, I can't imagine dill pickle shake. And she is about six months pregnant. And <laughs> I answered go. her and said, really? That's not the late night craving item? <laughs> See, the craziness for me is the peanut butter and jelly wings I've had and the pickle milkshake, it, it's intriguing to me just because it's so different. It's so weird that I would think that I would have to have that. I have to say, I think the pickle milkshake was by far the best deal in the entire festival. All right. Under $6 for a milkshake uh -huh. that came in a souvenir mason jar. There you go. How, what souvenirs can you honestly buy for Disney under $6? And I got a snack out of it. Sounds good to me. I'm in. I'm in. Was it any so, good, though? <laughs> I mean, the juxtaposition of flavors has to be shocking. It was really interesting. So it's, you know, a green milkshake. For those of you that are McDonald's sham shake people, that's kind of what it looked like. Yeah. Topped with lots of whipped cream. With some fresh dill on top and a little baby dill pickle. Okay. And a green and white paper straw. So those of you who are into photos, it was the photo piece. Yeah, I bet. I, I have to say I was a little hesitant, but I also will say I'm a big pickle person. I'm the person that orders my hamburger with extra, extra pickles. pickles. So you it, wasn't, evolved. <laughs> it wasn't an out of the realm option for me. And I took the first sip and I'm like, you know. Tastes kind of like a vanilla milkshake. And then I took a second sip and I'm like, oh my God, it's a dill shake. <laughs> oh my God, maybe I need to mix it better. And it really had this kind of complex profile that you just never knew when you were getting kind of that regular sip and when you were getting that dill sip. Interesting. I will say I only drank a little bit more than half because I did not get it on day one of the festival, which was my plan. As I said, it is clearly the Instagram shot of the festival. And when I went there at probably about, I tried at like one o'clock and five o'clock to buy one. The line was literally over 200 people long. Oh, wow. That's crazy. And I was like, yeah, not it. <laughs> and so I went back the next day because I was doing more than one day of the festival. And I was there about two minutes after they opened the booth. 
pre-lunch, I think there's a limit to how much milkshake you should really be drinking. But well, with that attitude, of course. I mean, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's a matter of perspective. What else was in that booth? Anything else before we ask you about some of your other favorites? So again, the idea was this Muppets Lab concoction. The other popular one that also came in that souvenir mason jar was a frozen fusion, which was a pomegranate and raspberry frozen iced tea mix. So that's nice. that was a neat one. Yeah, that sounds good. All right, let's make our way around. Tell me, tell me some of the things that, that you experienced that were just dynamite. So I did go for, again, this suite. I saw listed in the book, and I had to try it, the candied bacon funnel cake. So picture this. You've got a funnel cake with a slab of vanilla ice cream with candied bacon and maple syrup. Definitely a good sharing snack. Um, Honestly, it was one of the two most expensive things I bought the entire festival. Definitely not something you could eat in its entirety on your own, but... Especially, you know, being down there when it's 90 some odd degrees, it was a great break. It plays plays every possible note right there between the the candied bacon and the ice cream and the funnel cake. I mean, just... It was a win. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) What else? Again, I'm a huge cheese person. So in the Alps booth, again, one of those countries that you don't have year round. Sure. They had two variations on this. I'm going to call it a charcuterie, though. Somebody will tell me I'm totally wrong. Okay. Um, was a warm Swiss cheese with little baby potatoes, tiny little pickles, and a great fresh French baguette. Mm. And you could also get it with shaved ham. Nice. So I actually made a lunch out of that for just over $5. It was awesome. I did pick up, and that was a new item. I really went for almost all new items except for a favorite or two of mine. I did get the fondue from there as well. Super cheap. Um, Again, under $6. It was good. It actually, and this is unusual for me to say, had way too much chocolate. There was like half a bowl of chocolate left over after I finished dipping everything. That was one I could probably have lived without. But I tried to stack all of my tasting portions so I would... Consider one an appetizer, one a main course, and then I'd grab a sweet to go with it. Yeah. And, you know, I found depending on the items with pretty much two exceptions, all of my stuff was between $5.50 and $7.50. So I was getting that three-course meal, so to speak, in the $16 to $20 range, which I really didn't think was bad. Because with having those three portions – I was really as full as if I had done a sit-down meal. Yeah, and that's one of the things I love about this festival. Okay, we got a couple more that I know that you really enjoyed, and, and I'm, I've had an opportunity, folks, to read what they are in advance, so I want you to hear them because they're almost as delectable-sounding as the candied bacon funnel cake, but go ahead. Again, I'm a big beef person, and I hesitate to do some of the beef dishes here because some of you will find this sacrilegious, some of you will vote with me. I am a well-done meat person. And that's the end of our show, folks. Thanks for ever listening. (laughs) If it's red and wooing, it's not for me. And this is not fine dining. You can't walk up and order, for instance, I had the marinated skirt steak taco. That sounds great. You kind of get what you get. You don't get to say, oh, I'd like mine well done. No. Um, That was at the flavors of Fire Booth. That was 
great. I would have enjoyed it more if it was well done. So I'm sure those of you who don't like well done meat, it was a fresh smoked barbecue that was excellent. Yeah. Staying with the beef in Japan, I think I am going back there next month. (laughs) I had this Wagyu beef bowl over rice. Oh, my God. It was so good. The sauce was great. Um, Just a total winner. The other one, I always say I believe that I must have been Italian in a past life because I could eat Italian food all day, every day. We'll welcome you. It's fine. No problem. All three of their things were new this year. They made a focaccia ripanaya that was amazing. Super soft, fresh focaccia bread that once the sauce melted into it, you could, you know, it pulled apart like you wouldn't believe with meatballs and fresh ricotta on the top. Nice. That was next to the funnel cake, the most expensive item I got at just over $10. But I will admit, you know, with the three meatballs and everything, it was very filling. And I did go back and get that day two because it was so amazing. Nice. Um, I tried their lemon ricotta cheesecake for dessert. It was good. It didn't wow me, um, but it was good. Some of my other favorites, you've probably heard me talk and my family is knows I'm obsessed with. In Greece, they do that griddle cheese with pistachio. Yep. That is definitely top of my list. I went back for that. Last year, I somehow missed um, the beef dish at Kenya. So I tried that. And again, it was interesting. I did three or four different beef dishes over the couple of days. And everything was a different cut of beef, a different preparation and sauces slash gravies that were so different that, again, like the festival intends, you really get a taste of everything. Well, and I think what you've mentioned there, and you said it when you briefly talked about your experience, you know, you can get something and make it a meal. You know, you can get two or three things for the price of what something would be if you sat down and you're getting a lot of different flavors. If that's the way your palate works, festivals like this are just a home run. So if you haven't experienced it ever, if you've never been to any festival at Epcot, it's good to know that you can bounce around there. What were some of the extras? I know we talked about some of the things that were not there, but what were some of the extras that were there? One of the things, and this isn't necessarily an extra, but a good to know, when COVID hit and we weren't doing indoor dining, they added tables all over Epcot. It used to be one of my pet peeves with the festival, especially if you had young children. You would get this food that was small tasting plates, and you mostly had to stand and hold your food and juggle your drink and your kids, and there was nowhere to eat. Mm -hmm. They have left all the tables. They have added more. So now... It's easy to actually not necessarily sit. A lot of them are high tops, but you can put your stuff down and stand and really enjoy your food. So that's a bonus they have left. One of the things that they do at all of the festivals is they pick a theme and they do for free an extra to it, kind of a quest. And this year it's the fromage montage. It's a cheese quest. Out of the 100 items, (laughs) 10 of them have been selected. Yeah. And if you purchase five of the 10, and it doesn't have to be five different ones. So if you love one of them and you bought it five times, that counts. Okay. Just know you have to read your book. Like that 
Italian that I described to you, the focaccia with the meatballs covered in ricotta cheese, is not one of the 10 options, even though it's a heavy cheese dish. But if you get five stamps in your passport, here's the Disney word we don't hear often, you get a free treat. You bring it and turn it in for a treat that cannot be purchased at the festival. That's cool. You get a strawberry cheesecake soft serve with graham cracker crumble on top, served in a souvenir cup that you're able to take home. So that's a little bonus. Also, it doesn't date stamp. So if you're doing the festival two times during the week, maybe you're more local or you're doing a Halloween trip and an early Christmas trip, you can use the same booklet multiple days to hit that five. Okay. Well, we're coming to the end of the show. So is there anything else you want to mention about this festival experience before we say goodbye? One of the other things that the festivals have typically included is to try and find something for the kids. So they've done scavenger hunts for a long time now. The scavenger hunt is $9.99. And you're basically this year looking for Remy. There's little clues on the passport that you buy. And you're trying to find him hidden in different parts of the world showcase. Whether you find him or not, once or all of the times, you can go back to any of the participating gift shops and turn in your card to be able to pick up your prize. And this year, I actually think the prizes are adorable. They had a choice of four different designed insulated lunch bags. And if you don't want to hunt, you can't technically buy the bag, but you can pay $9.99 for the card and turn it in without ever leaving the gift (laughs) shop and pick up your... Prize before you go. Okay. That's good to know. (laughs) Anything else? I think the last thing I'll leave everybody with is the festival definitely fell a little short on my expectations this year because I'm a huge fan of the tastings. I'm going to drop a link in our show notes. If you've heard me talk about the California Food Adventure Food and Wine Festival, you've heard me talk about the classes they have, because the weather there is great. You can sit outdoors and sip wine in their faux vineyard. I did whiskey tasting there and all kinds of classes. And the best thing that I love about their festival is that you can purchase all of your food for the day, first thing on day one, and then go to all the booths and just pick it up and not have to spend as much time in line. So if you haven't made plans for this year for the Food and Wine Festival, and maybe you're looking for something different, think about Food and Wine. It is in March and April. It usually kicks off the same week as Epcot's Flower and Garden Festival. But I'll tell you, it's worth a trip to California this year. And I have a hunch, just a hunch, that we might be doing some sort of a review for it sometime in march and april just just throwing that out there might might make an appearance here we, we might i might have to go back out and <laughs> well you can't build it up like that and then not take and then one not for deliver. the team you know sip some wine while sitting out there well i'd like to thank you for sharing your experience green milkshake and all with us and i hope you have a great week Thanks, you as well. And that's a wrap this week on Let's Talk Diz. If anyone you know could benefit from this or any show, please share on your Facebook and Instagram for other Disney fans to enjoy. And don't forget to reach out to the folks at Easy Diz by Instant Impressions Travel Services for any Disney destination planning. Make it a great week. And as always, keep making memories. <laughs>